0: coming at you from the hey yo studios it's the fade route with d and z here are your hosts d and z
1: coming at you live from the ayo studio
0: hey yo.
1: it's the fade route with d and z i am d And we've got a great show for you tonight. The Clippers, 24-6 in their last 30. NFL playoffs start. And we have a national champion. We'll begin today's show with breaking news. And really, the end of an era. Legendary coach Nick Saban of Alabama is set to retire. And Pete Carroll, one of three coaches to win the Super Bowl and a national championship, is stepping down as head coach of the Seattle Seahawks where he appeared in two Super Bowls and one won. Z, which one do we say it was time? And which one are we like, this is a surprise?
0: It was a surprise for both of them. There were no indications that either one was going to leave on their own terms. Especially Pete Carroll, the last few years with John Schneider... The departure of Russell Wilson, the systematic dismantling of the Seahawks, where you lose Marshawn, you lose Bobby Wagner for him to come back, or you lose Richard Sherman. You know there was the writing on the wall that the Seahawks were eventually going to transition. Alabama and college football in general, it's a different kind of different kind of system, you know, different kind of environment. Like Nick Saban As long as your heart's in it, he could, as as long as you're getting the top flight recruits, as long as you're doing what you're doing, like he could have gone as long as he wanted to, right? He could have done what Paul Claire Bryant did, he could have done what Bobby Bowden did, he could have, you know, he could have just kept riding until he just didn't want to go anymore. I think they have a song like that. Yeah, and just ride till the wheels fall off. And that's what that's what you know, Nick Don't Saban could have done.
1: Till I can't do more.
0: <laughs> well, Old Town Road, yeah. absolutely, yeah. I mean, surprising, like when you think about it, Nick Saban's head coaching career goes all the way back to 1990 in mm-hmm. college. He had that season in Toledo, but 297 and 71 in his career, and that's not including the Bulls. He was 19 and 12 in Bulls. So his legacy looms large, as large as Bear Bryant's does. Like, think about that. Like, he created and restored the aura of Alabama football to where it was with Bear Bryant, right? You There are only really two guys that could rival each other in terms of importance in Alabama football. It's Nick Saban and Bear Bryant. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll has had a solid coaching career, right? He's definitely been there. And he's also, you know, as quietly as it's kept, like he's in a college, in the college situation too, right? Remember, he was at USC.
1: I do so, remember.
0: Yeah, so he was there. So let's uh, let's uh, give the man his due for that. He's had a very long and storied career as well. But you know, I gotta say that in terms of the way colleges run compared to the pros. Nick Saban is definitely more surprising to me than Pete Carroll. Cause even on this show, we've been talking about it. When the hell are they going to move on from Pete Carroll? <laughs> but he decided, he decided to go out on his own terms and, you know, kudos to him for that. Kudos to Saban for that. But I, I was definitely like, both of them made me look at my phone and go, Whoa. Mm, but interesting. Definitely.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, I guess I have a little different take on it. Um, You know, for me, Pete Carroll was a surprise just because uh, they've been playing so well. I think nine and eight the last two seasons. I think in the 14 years he was there, I think he only missed the playoffs like four times. Mm -hmm. Um, And he wants the coach. Like he even said at the press conference today, like he's bummed about it. This wasn't his decision. Um, he, He still has that fire. He still gets up early every day. He's still ready to go. He's still got that fire. Um, so that one was a little surprising to me. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is I believe if they were to fire him and not give him a stick in the front office, he would get a job somewhere else, right? Like a per- place like the Titans would be perfect for Pete Carroll or, you know, any any, any other place really because he has such energy. Um, you, put, you put him with Justin Herbert? What? Yeah, yeah. Now, for Saban, um, yeah, I kind of disagree with you, man. Like, I, I think it's time. I think it's time. Like, he's, he's 72. Um, the landscape of college football is changing. Um, you know, I mean, let's be real. College, they've always been buying players. But now, you can really buy players. And I'm not sure Nick Saban could keep up with that kind of climate. The only thing I will say is that in a 12-team playoff, you could you could pretty much guarantee that Alabama was gonna be there every year. Um yeah. so I guess that's the only part of it that might surprise me is like, well, dude, it's like I know the landscape's changing, but the playoffs are changing too. So you still are gonna be in the playoff, you still can recruit. You're not, you might not get the best players, but you're going to get some of the best athletes, right? Um, so that I guess I was a little bit surprised about. But, I mean, the thing about this, and it's crazy when you think about it, like since he's been at Alabama, like every freshman class, like if you stayed there or if you were a freshman, you won a national championship because he won in 2009, then he won in 2011, won in 2012, won in 2015, one in 2017, and one in 2020. So basically, within four years, he was always winning a national championship. So almost all the players, if you if you got there and you stayed there for at least a year or two, you probably won a national championship, which is crazy. And what he was able to do, it will never be like, I don't think it'll ever be done again now that the climate, the way it is, the way it is. And let's be straight, like, he's a great college coach. And, and that's okay. That's okay. You're a great college coach. we're on the flip side, I would argue that Pete Carroll is a great coach, right? Because he did it in both arenas, and it was pretty remarkable each time.
0: I would say. I mean, I would agree that you know Pete Carroll has more longevity because he was able to transition into and out of the pros. I mean, yeah, he was everywhere, man. I mean, he oh, yeah. I mean, coached the Jets for. He coached the Jets, he coached he, he New England. And he was in the doldrums of New England before Parcells got yeah, there. Yeah, like he's he's a he's a coach, man. He's a real he's a real G. He's a real guy. I mean And, and he, he spent- never tried he, he never got out of it because he didn't like where things were going, like Saban did. Right. Uh, Miami right. would you say that the Miami Dolphins tarnished the legacy of Nick Saban? In my eyes it did.
1: In my eyes it did, and I think it did for a lot of people because he was like a vacuum salesman saying I'm not leaving. That was the problem. The problem was is that he was so hung up on telling so many media people that he wasn't leaving the Dolphins. And then he left. And it's just like, and, you know, winning covers up all that. And like I said, he's a legendary college coach. But you're not a, to me, you're not a great coach. You're a great college coach. You were able to teach, you were able to coach young men, which is a very tough job to do. But the other caveat I will put in there. And it's not, I'm not trying to discredit him at all, but 90% of the time he had the best players or the best athletes in the country on his team. I mean, like when you didn't win, that was worse, right? Like in my opinion, like it was more of an embat, like you better win, dude. You better win with all the, he said like 44 players. Yeah, I think, he, I think they said something. He had like, I want to say 44 first rounders. He had 29 losses at Alabama,
0: and he had 44 kids go in the first round of the fucking NFL draft. It just takes me back to that 2013 running back room in Alabama. You had Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, <laughs> Kenyon Drake, and T.J. Yeldon. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I, mean, when you, I mean, it's a product of a, of a different era. Yeah. but yeah, you, I, I, can, you, I can make the argument, and I know you've made it too, that... They've caught up. The rest of the system caught up with that. Right.
1: right. It's, it's kind of like with baseball with, with the Yankees. So it's was like, all right, well, now everybody can spend money. <laughs> Everybody's spending money now. So what are you going to do? Like back then, you were the only people spending money and you won all your World Series. And now everybody can spend money. And now it's real difficult. Now you're picking and choosing who you're spending money on. And the same thing in college football. Like back in the day, it's like, we're Alabama. We've got Coach Nick Saban. We're going to get the best players in the Southwest. We're going to get the best. Quarterbacks, we're gonna get the best athletes. Stop us! It was kind of like what the U was in 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 the '80s. Like we got the best athletes. We or the, even the '90s beat us, and that's what he was. And now it's tough. And Alabama got money; they do, but so does Texas, and so right. does Oklahoma, and so does Notre Dame. Like they all have it. So,
0: but and, and that who, begs the question. That begs yeah. the question, though. Like, yeah, Al- who's replacing him? Like, that's the thing. Our, I mean, he casts such a big shadow. Like, the God forbid, right, it's some, like, Tommy Reese or some first-year coordinator or some, like, hot-shot guy. Or if it's, like, a Lincoln Riley, you know? Like, there's really yeah. nobody on that level who can step into this shadow and say, this is my fucking program now. Like, yeah. but where, whereas in the pros, it, you know, Pete Carroll leaves... They can turn around and hire Ben Johnson. They can go and hire uh, Bobby Slowick, and nobody bats an eye. Right. So where would you go? Like, I mean, are you overpaying for a coach because you're Alabama, or like, what? Is, what is your strategy here? Um, it's tough um, because I think it's a shit job.
1: I mean, to <laughs> follow to follow Saban, right? Yeah. Um, I know it sounds weird, but I, the the route I'd probably go is I go um um what's his name Callahan Bill Callahan
0: Uh oh,
1: yeah I'd go with him
0: continuity um, within the program.
1: Well, hold on, that's or is that the right coach? Hold on, I'm looking for no, not Bill Callahan. I'm looking for uh, Patriots offensive coordinator.
0: Or Bill
1: O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. That's who I want. That's the guy I would go with because he had success at Penn State. Um, he was the offensive coordinator. He, I believe he was the one that won with Mac Jones. Um, he's been to Alabama. He's coached Alabama. He did a damn good job with the Texans with, when he was with the Texans. So he's the guy I would want. I wouldn't want Kirby Smart. And Kirby Smart got a good thing going in Georgia. And I wouldn't want Sarkeesian. He's got a good thing going in Texas. I wouldn't want Lincoln Riley. The, other, the only other what about guy... Dabo?
0: Who? What about Dabo? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I could.
1: I wouldn't... Yeah, he's not my You think first. he's run
0: out his run in Clemson? You think he's worn out his welcome?
1: No, I don't think so. I don't see why he... I think he likes it there. I think, I think Clemson fits him well. Mm-hmm. Um... I know it sounds weird, but i take an Ed Ergeron. I take a, I'd take a Brian Kelly. Just because I I think these are guys that could handle it. They could come in and handle being Sabin's successor. So, you know. But what do you think?
0: I mean, O'Brien's a it's a, an inspired choice. Like, he definitely would revitalize that offense and kind of modernize it. Because it's not exactly you know, it's very run heavy. The quarterback, you know, it's not prolific. Like Alabama's never known like they had Tua, they had Jalen Hurts, they had Mac Jones. You're still really not known for prolific passing in that well moment.
1: what they it's
0: who, pro style. Well,
1: who, Ridley, Julio, um they've had some stellar wide receivers there and running backs. But it's still a run first team. Yeah, yeah, because not, they're very defensive. They're, yeah. They 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 they, pro, they hang their hats on defense. They play outstanding defense, you know. But
0: Bill O'Brien, like a Lane Kiffin, like those guys who went through there as the OC, and that's why they didn't stick around very long, well, because they want to they want to run them up and fill them in. They want to light up the scoreboard, and that's what they want to do. So I think that that would work very well, and the rest and. Having that pro mindset too, in terms of how to get a quarterback ready for the pros, and you see it, you see it with what happened with Hurts, Tua, and Mac Jones. The influence was there, right? There was definitely there. There's definitely notable improvement. So I think O'Brien would be really an inspired choice. I think you're 100 right in familiarity with the program. So that that's definitely. Some uh, viable choice. Now, the biggest over, I mean, Ed Ed Ogeron, that would be so funny. Like, I I would want to see that just for the press conferences. Rotad. He's the guy from The Water Boy, like the guy you can't understand from The Water Boy. Like, that's that's, that's Ed Ogeron right there. Kojo, please, if they call, answer. Like, I would definitely love to see that. But speaking of loving to see that, the national champion was crowned this Monday. As the Michigan Wolverines defeated the Washington Huskies 34-13, Washington hung in for three quarters, but the Michigan defense turned out to be too much for the Pac-12 champion. Pour it out for the Pac-12.
1: Pour it out for the (laughs) Pac-12. It's over, baby.
0: It's over. It's over, Johnny. It's over. Now that Michigan is the champ, let's look at the season in totality. What do you think of them as the champion, considering what they've gone through this year? And... Do you think the committee got it right?
1: Um, as far as them being the champion, it is what it is. Um, I just, their front seven on defense were just not, nobody could nobody could stop them. You know, that was the whole problem. Um, they, and Cor- Corum was really great at running back. Um, McCarthy did what he had to do uh, at quarterback. Nothing stellar, but, you know, also not terrible. Um, as far as the committee getting it right, I'm going to say no. I don't think they got it right because Michigan, not only did they outplay Washington in the championship game, but they outcoached them. Um, you, I can't understand how Washington went into that game. It was like, we're going to run our offense. We're going to do what we do best. It's like you saw what they did to Alabama, Alabama. You saw what this team did all season. Why did you think you were going to be able to do seven-step dropbacks and hit receivers running down the sideline? Like, what made you think that you were going to have time? And I know they lost their running back, and that stinks, but I think that they needed to have a better game plan. I just don't think the game plan that they came up with was the correct one. I don't think they executed correctly. In my opinion, it should have been more of, okay, hey, let's do tosses. Let's try to wear them out. Let's go sideline to sideline. And then the other thing is, is we got to slow down this defensive line. We're going to run screens. Let's run screens and let's do quick passes. Like we're not going to do these 30 and 40 yard plays because we're just not going to have time to do it. And I mean, I know it's just one game, but in my opinion, you know, Penix Jr., I think his stock took a big hit in that game because dude, like what happened? like where you didn't show you didn't show up like the pa- your passes were terrible you were averaging 5 yards of completion this is the guy who like broke all the passing records like the last couple of years like where was it um so no i don't think they got it right i think the correct way would have been michigan at 1 it would have been washington at 2 it would have been Alabama mm. at 3 and it would have been Georgia at 4 because then we would have got Michigan Georgia, okay? Mm. Michigan Georgia plays defense. Okay? They're not going to let you run for 150 yards in the first quarter. Okay? So, we're going to see Kirby Smart and one loss Georgia, defending champion Georgia against Michigan. And I don't, I don't know what would have happened that game, but let's say, let's say Michigan did win that game. We know for sure Alabama would have beat Washington, and now we still get, now we get Alabama-Michigan as our final, which would have been a great final because they played a great game in the semifinal, and that's what you wanted. You wanted a great game that came down to overtime, came down to the end. There's offense, there's defense, <coughs> there's outstanding coaching because Nick Saban with a few weeks, put together a master game plan that had a team that really didn't belong in the playoff almost knocking off the national – one play away, really, from knocking off the national champion.
0: Well, it reinforces the fact that power football still works. Yeah, well, it works on – Defense and rushing. Right, because it, works.
1: It, it well, it works on the college stage because there's a gap in talent, right? Like this front seven on Michigan are light years ahead, uh, uh, light years ahead of the players on Washington, man. Like that's just these are facts, you know. And and that's and that's the whole and that's the whole ghetto.
0: Well, it it also speaks to the pro style versus the.
1: No, Kobe I don't style. think. No,
0: what yeah. you're trying to
1: what, you're trying to say? Michigan was running a pro style. I'm
0: saying they're running the football works. Yeah, I when you like have
1: saying. Mike, when you well, but but when you have top of the line talent, yeah, like when Alabama had Derrick Henry and had Mark Ingram and had yeah, they had NFL talent running the ball. Like when you have the like. Michigan had the best players on the field. And granted, I'll give Washington a little credit. They really hung in there. They hung in there for three quarters. The, I turned it off after Penix threw the interception after halftime. It's like, all right, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm going to
0: liken just... this to what we saw versus with the, the Bills and the Dolphins. You pound it, you pound it, you pound it, you pound it, you pound, pound it, right? And I'm not talking about this game. I'm talking about the previous game where James Cook was unstoppable. Yeah. The, the Sunday night was atrocious.
1: Sunday, Sunday,
0: Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. That was terrible, but thank God we didn't get a rematch. But you pound it. That's what you do. Like what you were suggesting, you make the play sideline to sideline. You run them ragged. Run, run, run them, run out, them out, run them out. Yeah. That's what you do. That's that's a pro style offense. You beat them. This is a war of attrition. Football is a game of attrition. Who the first person that the first team that capitulates loses.
1: lunch them. Like to the, death.
0: That's what you do. That's a pro style offense. You're looking at cutesy passes. You're looking at short runs. You're looking at just runs that establish the pass rather than passes that establish the run. You're looking at just a different mindset, a different mentality. And Michigan has that like attrition mentality. And it's on both sides of the ball. You're not gonna you're not gonna beat us. Never. Absolutely not. We are going to beat the dog shit out of you. And we're gonna keep coming and we're gonna keep doing this until you break. And that's exactly what they did. That's what they did. They warmed out and then they broke them. It was close. It was twenty to it was twenty to thirteen.
1: Yeah. And then and then they just broke it open. Well no, it was it was 17-10 at yeah. half. And then he threw the pick and then Washington actually made a stand. They stopped him defensively. Which forced them to kick a field goal and yeah, it was twenty to ten.
0: But their spirit is broken. Yeah. There's, you don't go from you don't go from twenty to ten or seventeen to ten to 34-17, Right? And it's just it's a similar vein to the to the previous national championship with TCU. They beat him early and it was over. Here they beat him late and it was over. Like it's a game of attrition. Who breaks first. And the team with the more prepared, the more pro-ready players, and that goes to your point, that speaks to recruiting, that speaks to a vision for the organization. And Jim Harbaugh has that, right? That's what he's doing. Because he sees himself as an NFL coach, clearly. I mean, he still courts the NFL, the NFL still courts him. We're getting there, we're we're getting there, don't worry. They, They play footsie all the time. So he's keeping himself huh. ready he's staying ready. So I got to say that I mean you got to figure it doesn't change the outcome of Florida state shitting the bed. Like it really doesn't. Like I really I mean, did they get it right. You got a you got a more competitive game than you did with TCU to you for that credit to you for that would it have been better with Florida State because who would have gotten knocked out Texas or Alabama I don't know I can't say that with any degree of certainty would Florida State have put up a better fight if they were in the the, if they were in the, the four seed would they have given you the game that Alabama gave you against Michigan I can't I don't know that we got robbed of seeing that because of the committee. So this is finally what it was compared to what it was the year before. But overall, you can't really complain because you had, at the end of the day, you had two undefeated teams going up against each other,
1: mm.
0: right? It's not like you had this two-loss team that somehow lucked into the draw, or God forbid next year when they expand the roster, expand the playoffs. A, you know, a two-loss team knocking off the overall number one seed. And this is what we're, we could possibly get down the run. Down the run, you know, when you have Ohio State in this tournament and LSU in this tournament and James Madison in two years. You know, this is what the NCAA is courting with this expanded playoff format. But in terms of what we got, mm. I have no complaints, man. I, I have no complaints. Just because there, there were competitive games, you had two undefeated teams who were there to take the crown and the better team won. But the Michigan man, Jim Harbaugh, we referenced him already, Coach Kaki. He got his chip for his alma mater. And now he says he can proudly sit at the table with his father and his brother at the family holidays now. Dad's won a chip, brother John has won a chip, and now Jim has some hardware as well. As we know, it's well documented that Coach Kaki is courted by the NFL and vice versa. Much speculation has been made about his whereabouts and whether he's going to go back to the pros or if he's going to stay at Michigan. He brought the Niners to a Super Bowl, so he's been on the cusp of NFL success as well. Hmm. If you were Jim Harbaugh, you have your championship your legacy in Michigan is secure. What would you do? Would you stay or would you go?
1: Yeah. I mean, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm, I gotta be honest with you. I'm
0: probably going to stay. There's
1: no point in me going to the pros because with college, I mean, I'm set for life. Now I've won Michigan a championship. I'm a Michigan guy. I'm going to be in the playoff every year as a Mich- as a Michigan coach. Now, We've got the backing of all the alumni. Like, there's there's no reason for me what I'm going to go. What? Let's say I go play for a guy, coach for a guy like Tepper. And within a year, I get fired. Two years, I get fired. Why would I put myself into that? There's no point. There's just, there's longevity with college. Look what happened to Jimbo Fisher. They bought him out for seven, $70 million. They bought him out. He's not even coached. They gave him $70 million to walk away. Like there's, there's no point, you know. And his his brother is King of the Castle over in the pros. He's just he has more success with college players. Um, what he has been, what he was able to do at Stanford, what he's able to now do at Michigan, his program and his approach works with college players. So stick with what works. Stay in
0: Michigan. Well, I think it also has to do with the with the job that he's taking. Right, the potential job. The available positions right now. What's intriguing to you as Jim Harbaugh? Right? You have the Chargers. Okay, Justin Herbert. You have a, you have a franchise quarterback, or at least claims to be. Not much else. And a cheap owner. So you know that the money is gonna go to you. Is that something you're gonna do? You have the Raiders. That could be interesting. That's definitely a high-profile job. But you got no quarterback. Jimmy's gone and Aiden O'Connell is there. You're looking at the Titans. They have no offense. King Henry's leaving. And who's your quarterback again? Is it Levis? Is it Willis? Is it Tannehill? What the hell's going on? You have the Commanders. Right? need I say more you have the commanders you know, it's not an inspiring it's not an inspiring list of jobs I think he would want one job if it became available and I don't think it's going to become available he wants the Chicago Bear job mm. I think that's his job he played for the Bears I
1: don't know man what if that Eagles job opens up Hurts mm-hmm. Smith mm-hmm. Swift Brown, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. looks like it seems like that team's really ready.
0: Mm. But do they do they respond to him in the same way that they're responding to Sirianni, or does he like run himself out like an Urban Meyer? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. Really- we
1: don't. You don't. You just. You don't know how pros respond. Pros can. You know. Pros deals with contracts. They got contracts. They get. They get cut. They get traded. You know what you're going to get as a Michigan guy. You know what you're going to get in college. Especially with nil money. Kids will stay longer.
0: That's fair. That's definitely fair. And it's right. Rival- you know, the, the your contract is going to be better in college than it is in the pros. You're going to get paid better in, in college. You're the king of the castle. You're the cock of the walk. So... I can understand why he would want to stay, but I'm thinking it's the itch It's the itch that needs to be scratched because he didn't get a chance to go out on his terms. Because right? mm-hmm. he got swept out with Balky because they really couldn't get the job done in, in uh, San Francisco and they couldn't coexist. I mean, Iberflus is staying, according to all reports, so I think that would be the one he would hold out for. And the Yeah, he's staying.
1: Fired... They fired all the offensive players. And yeah.
0: Yeah. So all least, the and, offensive
1: coaches. I mean, they fired all the offensive coaches in Chicago, but somehow Eberfuss is keeping his job.
0: I don't know. I I think, I mean, it's hard. It's definitely hard to see that that's going to happen. But if, I mean, if Harbaugh kind of back channels to the Bears and says, hey, I'd be willing to come to you, kind of like what he was trying to do with Minnesota before they hired Kevin O'Connell. Right? it's just kind of like backtracking I'd be interested just, if you're interested I'm interested eh? wink wink nudge nudge eh? Eh? Eh, 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 eh. Eh? Eh? so I think that that would be available I mean the only other position would be the Colts because he played for the Colts but Shane Stecken has done a heck of a job so for him I mean I would stay one more year and see if a better job becomes available because, I mean, if I'm Jim Harbaugh and the only available job left mm. on the carousel is the Atlanta Falcons, do I really want to take that job? Mm. I'm not going anywhere. Mm. I don't have a quarterback. I have Bijan. Bijan. But, but Kyle Pitts is not great. Drake London's not great. They're, they've kind of run on the treadmill. They're, you know, the eighth pick, the seventh pick again. They're still in that top 10, but not in the impact zone. You're in the 7-10 to range. So, if I'm Harbaugh, I'm probably staying one more year to get another chip, and then I become undeniable. It's me and Bo (laughs) Shembeck. It's me and Bo.
1: Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan Brake Pads never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family callahan auto we really care about what's under your hood well from the national championship to the nfl playoffs which will kick off this weekend This was the year of the backup quarterback. This was the year of no defense and lousy offensive play. But having said all that, we have 14 teams that will be competing over the next month to punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. Which team is the most likely to get upset this weekend? And which team should cakewalk to victory?
0: This is hard, because on paper, right? I wouldn't necessarily call it the match uh, an upset, but the Dolphins can go in and knock off the Chiefs. The way the Chiefs are playing now,
1: they're 0-10 in negative in, in 40 degrees and under.
0: However, <laughs> the clueless putts that is Mike McDaniel, I think has learned his lesson. You run, Moster. You run, Wilson. You run, Achan. And you run them, and you run them, and you run them. And when you think you're done, you run them some more. <laughs> for one, that keeps Mahomes on the sideline. All right? And Mahomes has his own issues. They can't catch the friggin' ball. They can't catch the ball when it's warm. They're going to catch him it when it's cold? Like, that's a problem. Like, he's got hot hands, hanging for a friggin' Two bad receiver. teams. Two bad teams playing each other right there. Right. At the beginning of the year, you're like, oh, they'd they be vying for one and two in the conference. No, not so fast, my friend. Not so fast. Like, I would say that's the game to watch, but I wouldn't necessarily call it an upset. For me, like I also think—I mean, I'm, I also think it wouldn't be an upset if the Rams knock off the Lions. I really don't see—I don't see any real upsets here outside of the Packers somehow knocking off the Cowboys, which I really don't foresee happening. Like, I, I see a lot of evenly matched up teams. And I, I think we're going to get a lot of really good football. The only... I mean, I, my jaw would drop if Lafleur and Love go into Jerry World and knock off the Cowboys at home. Like, I'd be floored. Mm-hmm. Would it surprise me if the Eagles lose to the Bucks the way they're playing now? No. No, it wouldn't. Would it surprise me if you know, if the Browns win? No. Would it surprise? Nothing would surprise me other than that Packer victory. And as far as cakewalks? The number one seeds are... The number one seeds are rested, but does that guarantee them anything? I don't necessarily think so. I think we are in for a really good ride, and we're going to see some really good, evenly matched football. And... Everything is gonna be earned. Like there's not gonna be any, no walkovers, no cakewalks. This is where the rubber meets the road.
1: Hmm. Okay. I mean, I think actually have two cakewalks this weekend. I think the Bucks can cakewalk over the Eagles the way the Eagles have played their wow. last seven games, and I think the Bills will cakewalk over the Steelers. No J.J. Watt. I'm not, I'm not scared of Mason Rudolph. So those are my cakewalks. And as far as upset, uh, it's really not an upset. But I think the Rams going into Detroit, the Rams probably have the biggest chance of an upset. Um, I, I mean, yeah, if the Cowboys were to lose to the Packers, that'd be crazy. And it's possible. But not as possible as the Rams beating the Lions or even the Browns even taking out the Texans?
0: No, definitely. Everything is in the realm of possibility. The one thing that takes me, the one thing that kind of gives me pause about the Rams is that everybody's on that. Everybody. Every pundit is on that because of the Matthew Stafford connection and the return and the Jared Goff versus Stafford, like every, it starts to get uncomfortable with the amount of... Uh, with the amount of juice that the underdog, suppose the supposed lower seed, is getting. That, that would make me a little uncomfortable if I was uh, Uncle Vinny and uh, Joey Thumbs. But, I mean... Yeah, I, I, I just... I. Houston and Houston and Cleveland, I think, is going to be competitive because the defense is Minnesota. I mean Minnesota. Yeah, right. Pittsburgh. The TJ Watt injury is huge. They still have enough representative players on that side of the ball that they could probably give Josh Allen a run for the month. Like they can definitely they can they can probably upset the apple cart here and really get in his kitchen. But, I mean, Buffalo is more talented. I mean, they're going up against Mason Rudolph. You're 100% right. right? Mason Rudolph is the quarterback. You you can't dispute that. Right. But I think it's going to be closer just because, you know, I I think we we really need to stop sleeping on the Steelers. Like, Hmm. every time we think they're dead, they come back. Hmm. Like, they... They come back from the dead. Now, am I, am I expecting them to be in the Super Bowl? No. But could they give the Bills a scare? Absolutely, the, they can give the Bills a scare. That's and an interesting take. Yeah. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers never die. They don't die. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D. and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch apple to campfire s'mores and many more. Check out their website, sweetlifebrownieco.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at Brownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them d z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co. because there's always room for a brownie. But you know what else doesn't die? Draymond Green's drama. (laughs) Shit. Never. That shit lives on forever. It's infinite. He has returned to the Warriors after being away from the team for 12 games. So a rear naked choke equals 12 games. Just write that down. So Store throwing it that. out there. Just, Just it out. Throw that out there. So make sure you guys have that written down so the next time something like this happens, we have the precedent set. The precedent is 12 games are rear naked. A guillotine is 20. So, <laughs> this alleged superstar is expected to get back in shape and ready to play in a week or so, but he praised Adam Silver on his podcast and said Commissioner Silver talked Draymond out of retirement. So... Do you believe that Adam Silver has that much pull with players, specifically this player?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I don't know what that was about. Um, I mean, listen, if, if Adam Silver has to talk you out of retirement, just retire. Or just retire. Like, do the Warriors a favor because they don't have to pay you anymore. Do the fans a favor because no one wants to see your antics anymore and just retire it was too much for you. What's too much for me, dude? You're going around choking people, man. Like that's not basketball, slapping people in the face, trying to get a foul call. That's not part of basketball. You know what he was doing? He's just, I, I, I think what happens with him is his emotions run high. And maybe that's what he meant by, you know, Adam Silver had to calm him down because he was like, you know, emotionally, I just can't handle this anymore. And that's fair i mean it's not for everybody man look at look at osaka the tennis player like it just professional sports are emotionally draining and if it's not for you anymore that's not for you but to say adam said adam silver talked to you at a retirement it's like saying the bartender talked you into marrying your wife like what are you talking about man what are you talking about <laughs> I, I think adam sandler he's not a therapist he's a fucking businessman. he's like Listen, Draymond, we need the Warriors to get their shit together and make the playoffs, or my rating's going to go down. So, yeah, you got to get your ass back to that team and play well.
0: Yeah, but I don't necessarily know if Draymond would move the needle in that way. He moves the needle in
1: that way in that he helps that offense run the way it needs to run. Right now, the Warriors aren't even a fucking playing team. Like, you know, he, he needs the Warriors and he needs the Lakers to play better can't really do anything about the Lakers, but Warriors, he suspended their one of their best players. And that's not saying much, but...
0: Well, it's not 100% true with the Lakers. He can look he can look the other way when Rob Palenka rebuilds the team again.
1: Or he could just tell the referees to call extra fouls in the Raptor game. Jesus, that was really ridiculous. <laughs>
0: we'll get there. Oh my God. We'll get there. We'll get there. I think that's a little teaser for the alleged superstar, but if you're looking at it, you know... Uh, Golden State currently sits at 12. They're old. The rest of the league has kind of passed them by. They're last in the Pacific. They're last.
1: Chris Paul's out. Chris Paul's in.
0: Shocker. Jonathan is getting into a pissing contest with Steve Kirk. Clay can't play anymore. Steph's all right. Steph's good. That's that. There you he go. Can't,
1: he can't do it all by himself, though.
0: Like, at what point, if you're Steph, you're like, I've had enough of this shit, man.
1: Never, never, because he, lo- he's a shooter and he loves to shoot. He'll shoot all day. He'll
0: yeah, but all day. He, go shoot for another team. Like, you nah. can shoot whatever the hell you want.
1: No, it doesn't I... work. It doesn't work as well anywhere else, dude. It doesn't work. He's not. It's, he's not Ray Allen. You know what he's doing? It works where he's where he's at. And yeah, he could do it somewhere else. Ain't gonna be as good somewhere else, though. Yeah. As much as you is is he he runs around to get his shots a lot like Reggie Miller used to run around to get his shots you know what I mean yeah I
0: mean he ain't
1: um, he ain't spotting up like Ray's spotting up
0: no you had the Davises you had Wilkes, you had Rick Smiths like guys were working for like
1: Paul Pierce is driving and kicking the Ray they're running plays for Ray
0: you know mm. yeah I hear you. But you know this team, like mm. it was caught and passed by the rest of the team, uh, by the rest of the league. And to be fair, they were trendsetters. Yeah. Right. They were trailblazers, not the Portland ones. Like they really modernized what we consider NBA basketball now. Right. They they really brought that in. Unlike Mike D'Antoni and his seven seconds or less, this. Stuck, just bombs away, bombs away, stuck. So, you know, and I don't want this to come off as a eulogy for the Golden State Warriors, but it is a little bit of a eulogy for the Golden State Warriors. Like they're, they need to start envisioning the future because right now they're kind of caught betwixt in between, and it didn't work. It, it's not working. So they got to figure out what they're going to do because they haven't drafted well. Right. they haven't drafted well. They re-signed an old core. They traded for Chris Paul. I, what are you gonna do? But, you know, I think it's just clout chasing from Draymond. I don't believe for one second that Adam Silver, you know, went up and said, "We need you, man." I don't think it was some like rocky three. No, like, I don't bird. think it was like that.
1: I just think you know, Draymond was complaining saying like oh you know emotionally I can't take it anymore and Adam Silver is kind of like well I don't think retiring is the answer why don't you just take a step back man and just play like a normal human being could you give that a shot yeah. well like, I mean let the game come to you
0: relax you know shit like that he goes to show like I'm sure he's heard how many people in that locker room said that to
1: him yeah for sure he don't
0: listen to nobody
1: though he no. has all the answers he thinks he's yeah. so great yeah. And at he's at some pre- point,
0: at some point, calm the fuck down. Probably, came right. Just come. Just go
1: back to playing basketball. Like I remember him playing at Michigan State. He wasn't like this. He was a great player, great shooter too. Shot a lot. I, th- I, wonder, I wonder
0: if he. T- I wonder if he. Ca- uh, I wonder if he spoke to coaches up. I, I wonder if he spoke to him, like because he could have straightened him out. I don't necessarily think that Adam Silver is that guy. I think this is, you know, I think this is. Draymond's way, kind of like Micah Parsons picking the playoffs on his podcast, like right? these guys are trying to get attention they're trying to get ears, they're trying to get eyes and how do you do it? Sensationalism sells
1: Well, what's so. sensational is the LA Clippers 24-6 and six in their last 30 games. As we get to more than halfway through the season, it appears Ty Lewis figured it out Westbrook's coming off the bench. James Harden is knocking down shots. Leonard's healthy. Zubats is playing out of his mind. Susie, are the LA Clippers the most talented team in the
0: NBA? Mm. And Kawhi Leonard is richer. He, he, did is. Sign, he signed another extension. Huge. Huge. So... <sighs> you looking at
1: Zubac who's at shooting at about 66%. Yeah, I think he's that's averaging crazy. a double double. Averaging yeah. a double double too.
0: Yeah. James Harden leading the team in ass- James Harden is leading the team in assists.
1: And that's the cl- and that's the key, right? And that's yeah. the key. The key is that James be a facilitator. And that's what happened in Philly. It's like James, I need you to be a facilitator. And he didn't make the all-star team and he's like, "Doc, I got to shoot the ball more." And he's like, "Well, it's it's really not Gonna work for us. We kind of got to run the offense through and our best player. Yeah. Now
0: you're looking at you know Zubots is delivering the goods on the boards, almost 10 boards, uh, 10 boards per game, one and a half blocks per game. Kawhi is averaging 20, 24 for the season. They're scoring 118 points a game. Like that's good. That's very good. Most talented when their heads are on straight. I mean, twist my arm, I would say so, just because you definitely, I mean, you have Murray and you have Jokic, you have Gordon, they're, I think they're not quite there yet in terms of like transcendental talent, that's a great team, that's good, like you need to be a great team to win. But in terms of the the whole and the sum of its parts, like they're starting to round into form in LA and the Clippers, they're starting to figure it out. And when the, all of the parties involved are on their game, these are easily they're easily in the top ten of NBA players when they're playing well and their mind and their heart are in it. Like, that's, you know, you can't be stopped. Now, as far as long term, I'm still taking OKC. I'm still taking Denver. I'm still taking, you know, Sacramento is doing good things. Houston is building. Houston is surprisingly good. You know, they're an eighth right now, but, you know, give them time. Long term, I'll take those guys. But in a flash in a flashing time, right now, like I'll take the Clippers with anybody here. Cause they've got, you know, they've got three, they've, they've got legit superstars on this roster.
1: Yeah, man. I just think they're, I think they are the most talented team and I think they're the deepest team. Mm. Like, I think they have guys on their bench that can play quality minutes and it, and it means something. Um, and this is also a situation where guys playing in the same position actually kind of helps them out because you can have a night when Kawhi takes a night off and Paul George and James Harden can carry the team. You can have a night where James takes a night off and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard carry the team. And it's almost like I, I really think the credit has to go to Ty, Ty Lu, And we all said he would figure it out at some point. But it's like they got into a room and they talked to each other and say, okay, listen, Kawhi's the guy. Right? Kawhi's got a championship. He's the guy. We're all going to get out. And we've just got to, you know, play together, communicate, and we can win. I mean, you've got Russell Westbrook coming off the bench. A uh, guy like Norman Powell gives you great minutes. P.J. Tucker, although he's not playing as much right now, he's very good. Mason is very good. Like, they have everything they need to win a title. Um, and it all comes down to – I think you know who it comes down to. It all comes down to James Harden. Mm-hmm. If James and, – and the thing about it is, like, I – I remember in the summer, I hated this. I hated this trade. I thought this trade was stupid. I didn't understand where they needed it. I didn't see how it was going to work. I didn't understand it. But now looking at it, it's like, okay, if James Harden knocks down shots and passes the basketball, they cannot be beat. Now, if James wants to go back to dribble, 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 shoot, dribble, 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 layup, then they're done. But as long as James... Knocks down shots, delivers the basketball. James Harden, he really has. I mean, listen, I said it back when he was in Houston that he was one of the best players in the league. He really is one of the best players in the league when he when he plays team basketball because he can do it all. He the other thing is, is he he doesn't get hurt like he doesn't miss games like he plays every game, which is huge. For a star player like him, where a guy like Paul George has missed significant time in knee injuries, um thing with Kawhi Leonard has missed significant time. Harden's never missed significant time. Like he is durable, he's reliable, and he's got a really good basketball IQ. Like he knows. But I mean, if he doesn't make that All Star team, ugh, there's gonna no be a problem.
0: Well, the key is they're keeping their heads on straight. How is Ty Lue? And this is where coaching. This is where coaching comes in, right? You, you referenced Nick Sirianni before. How does he keep? How does he keep his biggest stars mentally engaged? How does he keep them hungry? How does he keep them humble? But that's the job of the head coach, right? As much as it is the X's and O's of play design, Ty Lewis to manage the ego. Ty has to manage the disappointment of, oh, I didn't make the All-Star team. Fuck. How do you make sure he doesn't pack it in and go home? Like, that's where a great coach earns his stripes. Right? Like, yes. you You have a lot of good coaches out there who are tactically brilliant. A guy like Rick Carlisle comes to mind. Yeah. Does he manage ego and manage personality the same way that an Eric Spolstra does. Like a Greg Popovich does. Like a Pat Riley. Like that's the difference between good and great. Right, a Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson's in there too. Like how do you distinguish yourself in the room as a coach? And you know, Tyloo has gone through the ringer, man. He's he's how many times has he done it? All respect to him. Tai Lu's doing a hell of a job with the situation. Now, now's the time where we're gonna see is he able to keep them checked in? Because all of these guys have checked out before. All these guys have checked out in one form or fashion. Let's see if Tai Liu can keep them all engaged.
1: Are you in need of air care, maintenance, or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians—they service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area. And can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs just give them a call at 914-315-1547 again that's 914-315-1547 or shoot them an email at air at gmail.com these guys are the real deal as they are veteran owned licensed and insured make sure to tell them that dnz sent you
0: Time for the mail route on the Fade Route. If you want to get featured, hit us up. Faderoutemail at gmail.com. Or slide in those DMs at FadeRoutePodcast on IG. Or drop us a line on our Twitter page at DNZ. All right, boys and girls, we have a full mailbox for you today. And if you want to send us an email, hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com, slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast, or drop us a DM on X, d n z. Our first email comes from Kieran in Naperville, Illinois. Hey guys, the White Sox are rumored to be shopping Dylan Seats. Where do you see him landing?
1: Uh got to be a New York team, right? Got to be either the Mets or the Yankees. I mean, it seems like that kind of high-profile trade. The Yankees really need—I would say they need a two, right? And yeah. and I would say the Mets need a one, <laughs> right? And they're—I
0: say the two, Senga. Senga. We'll, we'll slot in as their one this year, and he's he's better than you think.
1: He's not better than Dylan Cease. Yeah.
0: Okay, right. right? Oh yes, he is. He is. Okay, he is by a lot. Okay. So I get you know Dylan Cease career wise, we're looking at forty three and thirty five, a three eight three ERA. Okay, he's okay. Right. Every year he's given up his plethora of home runs. He's never been below 12. His lowest was 12 in 2020 because they only played 60 games. His high watermark for homers allowed was 20 homers in a season. That's not good. He will give you eat he'll give you innings, he'll give you strikeouts. Okay, he will definitely do that. But sandwiched around that 220 ERA, you're looking at 579, 401, 391, 458. That's not a multiple top prospect and multiple lower end prospect haul, right? I think that's way too much to give up for Dylan C's. And Chris gets, you know what, you have the asset, right? You're setting the market. You're setting the market on the fact he's 27 years old and he still has two years left of arbitration. Like, I don't I don't know, man. Like that seems way too rich for my blood. Now, a team that could really use a starting pitcher and a team that's been kind of losing out on notable free agents, you gotta you gotta start looking at north of the border. Or oh, wait a
1: minute, if you're going to say that, then I'd say the Giants, right?
0: The Giants can definitely use him, for sure. But do they have the top no. flight assets no. to, to land him? No. no. They can offer money, but they can offer money in two years when he hits free agency. So, you got, I mean, I got to think, like, the Twins lost a lot. They can certainly use him. Love
1: the Twins. But the Twins are in division.
0: Yeah, but the twins—that's the thing, though—they they're familiar with the Twins minor league system. So could they possibly swing something? What about something? the Sox? Uh, I don't—I don't know what the Red Sox are doing. <laughs> I don't know—I don't know what they're doing. Are they—are they rebuilding or are because this is a this is a win now move, right? I see Dylan Cease as like a win a win now move. Like keep the prospects you have. Like that's why you traded Verduga so i'm not so sure blue jays they could definitely use them the mariners can possibly swing that because they're always moving pieces in and out they've reacquired mitch Haniger for robbie ray like they're they made some moves um you can always you know the angels will always kick the tires but what is their system you know other markets are now in the habit of using both the Yankees and Mets as leverage. And it's been like that for a while. Like, oh, just call the Yankees and the Mets. Okay, you do that. You do that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't see the Yankees or the Mets. Because I think it's really just too rich. It's too rich a haul for a guy that's not really a two I would say he's more of a three mm. I would say he's more of a three mm. and when it has to be a one he's not that good so yeah I mean the Yankees are also linked to Marcus Stroman so they they can just throw money at the problem so we'll see what they do but I think that most likely either Minnesota or Toronto Our second email comes from Declan in Shreveport, Louisiana. James Winston decided to hand the ball off out of victory formation against the Falcons on Sunday to give Jamal Williams his only touchdown of the season. Should the Saints take any action against Winston?
1: Oh, my first reaction was you got to cut him. Like, it's just, it's dangerous, man. And now, next year, when the Falcons play, (laughs) when the Falcons play the Saints, if the Saints are in victory formation, they're going to get pummeled, right? I mean, you're not going to, I mean, it's disrespectful to the coach, right? He didn't, uh, apparently went against what the coach was telling him, and And so many people have gone to bat for Jameis Winston saying he's a good guy, great teammate, I don't care what anybody says. But the fact of the matter is, is, like, if you want to run a play, then get an I formation, get in pro set, get in single back and run the play. You decided to do this out of victory formation when everybody's, like, easing up. So that's my really only problem with it. And what he did was dangerous. I don't think any team is going to be winning – championships because they have Jameis Winston on their roster. So yeah, I think this is a cuttable offense and you gotta
0: go. I mean, he looks he made Dennis Allen look like a beta cuck. Like he just like cut castrated his coach. Right? How do you how do you go back in that room if you're Dennis Allen? How do you? It's like, oh, well, they're not going to listen to me. So what the hell are we doing here? Yeah, it's a bad look, man. It, it's a bad look, but you know what? It's a bad look all the way around. Like, I, I've also like heard, and it makes sense, okay, if it was such a big deal to score that touchdown, why didn't Tyron Matthew go into the end zone when he picked it all? Right? Like, that seems like a thing. It, mm. it seems like poor sportsmanship. I understand, you know, wanting yeah. to get, I understand wanting to get your guy a touchdown. And I
1: don't have Especially any problem with it. I don't have any problem, but don't do it out of victory formation. Yeah. Do it's it like out the of fake- eye back and run the play. Like, don't, like, you know, don't, don't be a, like, think about it. What, when what was it in Rudy, when they wanted to get Rudy on the field? He didn't like fake sweep out of, you know, victory formation, he threw a halfback pass. They lined up in a formation and they did a halfback pass and
0: that's it. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, juxtapose this with like the the Dan Marino fake spike. The context of the game was that it was a close game and Dan Marino threw the winning touchdown. Right? Right. Here, you're running a fake play. (laughs) You're up 41 you're why why are you doing that you're up by 30 <laughs> points what are you doing what are you Just, doing what are you doing and i understand that you you know like i'm sure jamal adams jamal adams jamal williams i don't give a shit what jamal adams thing but that guy Jam, yeah jamal williams was probably in the dumps you know he went from league leader in touchdowns last year right he was the league leader in rushing touchdowns to not getting one that's the difference between Detroit and New Orleans, right? That's the difference between being the guy and being Alvin Kamara's backup. <laughs> That's what you signed up for. So, I don't know. I, I think it was it was definitely an issue. It's going to cause friction. I don't know Jameis' contract status. So, like, they might be able to get something out of him. A team might want him ironically the Falcons need a quarterback so that would be kind of interesting but um like I you know if they really were that offended by it they could move on from him and he's got enough on talent that they could probably recoup something for him it's just kind of like it, it, it registered a shock and then disbelief and then you're running through all the emotions all the emotions at once and then lost in the shuffle is jamal Williams like yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like that one doesn't really feel like one to celebrate given the context of the game. But you got on the board. Congratulations, I guess. Email number three comes from Roger in Columbus, Ohio. Roger, Roger. What's your vector, Victor? Garrett Wilson said he aired everything out during his exit interview earlier in the week and appreciate the Jets open door policy. <laughs> yeah. Should the Jets like be risk. worried? Should the Jets be worried they are going to lose their star wide receiver?
1: I mean, listen, I I'd, I'd be out. I would be <laughs> out. Out. I mean, there is nothing my agent or anybody can tell me if I'm Garrett Wilson, I'm out. In my last year, I got another year left. I'm not signing an extension. Give me the ball. Aaron Rodgers is playing. Is our quarterback this year. Give me the ball. I'm going to go for over, you know, a thousand yards. I'm going to have 10 touchdowns. And I am out of (laughs) here. So, yeah, I think they should be worried. But then again, that's me. Um, But you, I would, he seemed very frustrated at the exit press conference. He said it was his worst year ever. Um, he seems he seemed pretty frustrated with Zach last year. He was frustrated with Zach this year. And unless they show some direction in some in some shape or fashion, I think there's reason to be concerned.
0: I mean, 95 receptions, 1,042 yards, three touchdowns. Eek.
1: And two of them took place the first two weeks of the season,
0: right? So that's indicative of the malpractice of Joe Douglas in not getting in a veteran quarterback the moment that Aaron Jones, uh, Aaron Rodgers' leg exploded. Right? You brought in Tim Boyle. You brought in Trevor Simeon. Right? No. You, you, Joe Flacco went off the couch and got the Browns in the playoffs. <laughs> Let, let's be real here. Joe Flacco went from straight off the couch, rode his bike to Cleveland, and did the job. Joe Flacco, who I what team did he play for? Maybe, maybe I'm getting old. What, what team did he play for? Uh,
1: some team plays in Jersey.
0: Some team That's right. He played for you. He played for you, Joe. Are you kidding?
1: You shit. And me. called you. And yeah. called you an ex if he could come back and play there. It's
0: like, nah, I'm all right.
1: Nah, we're good. We're good. We're good.
0: I'm on. Right. I'm all
1: right. We got back Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's good, man. You mean the guy I started for last year? Yeah, yeah.
0: We're rolling with him. Oh, yeah. all right. Yeah. Okay. Was Greg McElroy not available? Like, Why not give Greg another shot? How about Tim Tebow? Let, let's dredge up quarterbacks, back of quarterbacks from the jet past. Like, they probably would have done a better job. But, I mean, Garrett Wilson has every right to be frustrated. I like, think he absolutely does. think like, You went from offensive rookie of the year to three touchdowns and an afterthought. But this offense that Nathaniel Hackett put together, it's a run-heavy offense, as it should be. Right? You have your quarterback is terrible. <laughs> Run the rock with Brees Hall. Brees Hall is good. Brees Hall is very good. So he Garrett Wilson needs to understand that it's a complimentary role, right? Everybody compliments each other. That's the only way this is gonna work. And you trust the process that Aaron Rodgers is gonna make the difference next year. But verify. Trust but verify. Because if it doesn't look like this is going anywhere, yeah, maybe, maybe you explore that in the future that you don't resign. Ultimately, you have the decision as a free agent, when you are a free agent, you can decide where you want to go play. What you don't want to do is make a stink. Like many other players have come before. Right? You don't want to become a distraction to the team because then you become the story. You don't want to become the story. You wanted the open door policy. You appreciate the open door policy for a reason, right? Where did you not vent this in the media? We really didn't need to know about this. You could have kept it in house. So there's that. But that's a growing, that's a growing pain. That's a, that's a lesson that you will learn. But, you know, kudos to him. He was professional about it. He didn't whine. He didn't bitch. He went, he said He said his piece, and he left. So, kudos to you. Amazing professionalism on your part, Garrett. Now, get on the same page with your quarterback and make sure you're ready to ball out next year. Because this whole season, right, this whole season was punted for plays into week one. I think everybody recognizes that. So get ready, call Aaron, do what you have to do, be ready for week one next year. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops. T shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you. But check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our X account at FadeRouteDNZ. And you vote. And you vote. And you vote. And you vote. And the winner of said vote gets a shout-out on this new show and takes home the coveted-ass trophy for the week. And do you know who took home the coveted-ass trophy of the week last week? Nope. David Tepper. Of that course. Guy. How do you like your drink thrown at you? On the rocks, of course. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for a alleged superstar of the week, D?
1: All right, first up, I am going with the NBA officials and the Lakers versus the Raptors. 23 free throws to three free throws in the fourth quarter, leading to a one-point loss for the Raptors. Raptors head coach obviously was upset and earned himself a fine. Probably a substantial one from the NBA, but it hasn't been levied down yet. So, NBA officials, you are my alleged superstars of the week. Number two, Tennessee Titans management. Letting Letting go of Mike Rabel after six seasons? Small Market City. You got a guy you can coach, wants to be there. He's 54 and 45 in six seasons. Got to the AFC Championship game a few years ago. Mm, I think this is a bad move. Tennessee Titans front office. You are my alleged superstars of the week. And finally, number three, Draymond Green. Adam Silver had to talk you out of retirement. Fuck. (laughs) Billy Joel, the piano man. Through the Warriors, the league, and the fans a favor. If you want to retire, dude, retire. Draymond Green, you are my legend superstar of the
0: week. What do you got, Z? Great choices. You really can't go wrong with any of those. I'm going to start with Arthur Smith. Oh. <laughs> so, finally got canned. We've been saying it for weeks. Finished his third season. Record of 21-30. and 30 as a head coach but what you're going to go out on is getting into a shouting match with Dennis Allen where you claimed that the New Orleans Saints are running up the score here's a radical idea Arthur and just hear me out <laughs> hear me out instead of bitching to the coach how about you fucking play better How about you don't let them run up the score? How about you and your team show some pride and keep them out of the end zone? How about your quarterback not throw a pick to Tyron Matthew that leads you on the one yard line, that leaves you there? Show some fucking pride. Do that. Because later, as it turns out, we found out it wasn't even Dennis Allen's call. That's a whole other kettle thing. <laughs> but that's kind of bitch-ass behavior from Arthur Smith, and he paid for it with his job. Not to mention the whole B. John Robinson thing, who's your quarterback? Same pick three years in a row and not nailing it three years in a row. This one by your own design because you didn't play B. John Robinson. Dumb. So Arthur Smith, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Pretty you sure know? he had the same record like every year, right? He was it's seven identical. and ten every year. Identical. It's the mediocrity <laughs> treadmill. It's a you're seven and ten, dude. That's what you are. you are. You are what your record says you are. You seven are, and ten every you year. You are bro. seven and ten, regardless of what players we give you. You're seven and ten. Yeah, I, I don't care that he was born on third base right he was born actually share
1: the same birthday but...
0: yeah well there you go so <laughs> ho- ho- hopefully you don't go 7 and 10 <laughs> no you're not going 7 and 10 you're better than that but dude's born on third base son of FedEx founder Fred Smith this is what he's doing 7 and 10 they, you know there wow. you go I guess better than being at seven eleven. but Arthur Smith you are my alleged superstar of the week number two the Jacksonville Jaguars you hear that sound you hear that you hear that that's the Jacksonville Jaguars choking away the division you did that you nobody else but you and it goes back to what I said before you don't disrespect the Pittsburgh Steelers because the Pittsburgh Steelers don't die you beat the Steelers you stomped on the terrible towels you wiped your nose with them you wiped your ass with them look at your record since you did that God might be a Steelers fan. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Because you got passed by C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryans, and the Houston Texans. And it's earned because you played like crap. <laughs> Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguars, you choking cats. You are my alleged superstar of the week. And then number three. Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers together. Because Pat McAfee being Aaron Rodgers' press secretary and allowing him the space to be a dunderhead. He ignited a feud with Jimmy Kimmel, of all people. (laughs) Which... Whatever. Like, Whatever. I, I don't know. And if you don't like Jimmy Kimmel's show, that's fine. If you don't think Jimmy Kimmel's funny, that's another thing. Like, you know, why are we somehow linking Jimmy Kimmel to Jeffrey Epstein? And, like, you know, the vaccine. vaccination, Drinking the blood of children. Like, right. What the hell is going on here? Like, what are we ah, doing here? I'm sure. ESPN... I thought we were
1: flushing all the BS down the toilet, Rogers.
0: Right. I I thought we were doing that, but, you know, McAfee gives him the space. I wonder if ESPN, you know, I wonder if ESPN realized what they were getting into when they decided to, you know, link up with Pat McAfee and his merry band of misfits. Because he's enabling it, right? He gives Aaron Rodgers the space to do this. He gives him the platform. And that's a problem. That's a major league problem. And then McAfee has his own problems cuz he's talking about how certain people at ESPN are trying to silence him or trying to you know give him you know give him shit for the show that he wants to run. Dude, you knew what ESPN is about when you went there. Everybody knows what the worldwide leader is about. You do you play their way. You do it their way or you don't play there. Think about all the people that got fired so that they can bring you in. Really talented people like Steve Young and Susie Colbert. They had to go so we could bring your, you know, jock bro ass in with your fake spray tan and your stupid pompadour haircut. And AJ Hall So, this whole fiasco, this whole fiasco could be avoided. (laughs) So, Pat McAfee, Aaron Rodgers, you are my alleged superstars as a duo of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to our X account at #FadeRouteDnz and vote. And vote, and vote, and vote. And for our nominee, just do better boys just do better
1: this has been the fade route with dnz thanks for tuning in catch our podcast on wednesday nights on itunes iheart radio spotify wherever you listen to your podcasts so until next time
0: stay faded everyone time for us to run the gold route we'll talk to you next week